There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix on the 17th of March 2010. For the newcomers out there, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com websites. Scroll down, bookmark all the other sites I have up there because quite often one or two and sometimes more will go down at the same time. If you have them bookmarked, you can always pull down the latest shows from the alternate sites. So it's cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Dot net, dot us, dot ca, dot org. There's also Alan Watt cutting through the matrix dot ca. There's cutting through dot com, and there's Alan Watt sentient sentinel dot eu. That's the European site. The last one has all the same audios for download, with the addition of transcripts of a lot of these talks, which you can choose from the various languages of Europe, print them up, pass them around to your friends, and remember that you are the audience that brings me to you. I'm probably the only host out there that doesn't get paid directly from sponsors. That's how most of them earn their living. Uh, the ads you hear on this show are paid by the advertisers directly to RBN for this, the airtime. That pays for the staff, the equipment, their bills, and the transmission of the show. So it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do so by going into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. See the few things that I have for sale. I'd have a lot more if it wasn't for what I'm doing here on the show. This isn't just one hour per night, believe, believe you me. And, but you can help me out by buying these, these books, the CDs and DVDs that I have up there. From the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use personal checks. You can also use international postal money orders from your post office from the U.S. if you don't want to use a bank. And you can also use MoneyGram, Western Union, Cash, or PayPal. Use it an eight button for PayPal and send a separate email with the order to me if you want to order through PayPal. Same outside the Americas and Canada. Cash, MoneyGram, Western Union, and PayPal is fine. Inside Canada, of course, you can also use personal check or you can use a, a postal order. And make, don't, make sure you don't, don't get an international one either. They won't cash it here. So for, for the Canada only, make sure it's, it's just a, an, a, a postal order. For the U.S. to Canada, an international postal order. Very important. Some people send me the green ones from the U.S. That's internal use only. And... For those who get the discs burned and passed to them to play on CD players, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code, remember, is P3E, E for Elizabeth, that is P3E4N1, 4NORA1. And that will get to me. And you've got to have that postal uh, number Correct, or the, the, the fools don't know where a stair is anymore, or Ontario for that reason. So, 
Earlier on today, I was talking on another radio show, Alex Jones Show, and I mentioned how we're all dumbed down now, not just with propaganda, but the children get about 30 injections before they're two years of age now. And that really is for an alternate purpose. There's no doubt about it with autism skyrocketing and attention deficit, as they're calling it now, all categories. Um, uh, Sometimes fill half a classroom in classes across the U.S. and Canada. That's incredible. And yet it's not a it's not a crisis, which means to me that it's intentional. If it was outside the control or it happened uh, by itself uh, and outside the control of the big boys, it would be a crisis. Same with the sperm count dropping like a stone. It would be a crisis unless it's intentional. That's how you use your logic and reason. And we're back with tonight's topics after this break. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Just before the break, I was mentioning about the amount of inoculations we get and how autism and attention deficits are calling it now, uh, different categories of really the same problem, supposedly, um, are definitely connected to the inoculations and various other things which were given. Uh, at the very top level of science, they know what they're doing because at the top level, you're into the military-industrial complex. They're always way ahead of what anyone else is doing down below. They're way above university level on every particular topic in every science there is. They have instant retrieval to all data, medical and so on, and they're always doing experiments on either parts of a country, local populations, and sometimes entire nations. Canada, for instance, was the test bed for the GMO vegetables for 10 years before we found out about it. That's what the democracy is all about in reality, because it's a farce and always was. But another topic I've talked about, too, to do with the dumbing down of the public, apart from the, the fluoride, fluoride in the water and various other things, is the phthalates. Phthalates are... A form of, of uh, it's, a, it's actually an enzyme type that comes out of a plastic uh, bottle or the, the cans, even the tin cans today are all lined with this plastic. And they put hot food in there and the cans and the stuff leaches right into the food. They know what they're doing at the top because this stuff was known to affect um, the general public and sterility and various other things back in the late 1800s. So why on earth would they put it in your food or create a fad of drinking everything out of plastic bottles? There's nothing out there that's unintentional. It's like the old saying, too, that for everything that happens in politics, there's always a good reason, and then there's a real reason. Well, it's the same thing with everything else around you. This article here is another side of the phthalates, uh, from Rodale News, it's called. The phthalate plasticizers, chemicals in plastic are now linked to low IQ in children. A new study links the phthalates plasticizers to lower IQ in third and fourth graders by Emily Main. It says, um, a new study published in the March issue of Environmental Health Perspectives finds that phthalates, pronounced phthalates, 
chemicals used to make plastics flexible and artificial fragrances linger could have an effect on brain functions in children who have been exposed to them. See, they put them in every cosmetic there is for the women, too, because it affects the male fetus um, in the womb between the ages of 8 and 12 weeks, and it literally alters them for life (laughs) and is, is known to cause later sterility. So now it's, it's going into this. It says, could have an effect on brain function children who have been exposed to them. These phthalate plasticizers are being eliminated from children's products in the country due to health concerns. Well, they said that in Canada, the Canada was the first one, because I and others made a big stink about it, and they had articles in the major media saying that they were removing this particular type of plastic. And uh, lo and behold, uh, a survey done about six months later to a year later said that they're still using the same stuff. Nothing had changed. And that's intentional again. So it says they're still present in many products children are exposed to on a daily basis, including countless home, medical and personal care products, as well as cleaning supplies used in schools. The study authors cited 667 third and fourth grade students from nine schools across South Korea and gave both the students and their mothers IQ tests. The students also supplied urine samples so researchers could determine the level of phthalates in their bodies. Result, a higher phthalate level was strongly associated with a lower IQ test result. Researchers noted that that maternal IQ level had a significant impact on a child's IQ, but after controlling for this variable, they found that phthalates still played a role. Diethyl hexyl phthalate DEHP, a common form of phthalate, was found to be one of the main culprits in terms of its probable effects on human brain function. DEHP is most commonly used in synthetic fragrances and soft vinyl products. So then it goes on to say what it means and all the rest of it. And it's the usual hoopla, how they look into it and blah, blah, blah. But this is intentional, so they have no intention of looking into it at the top. We're under war, and people will never, ever catch on to that. Most of them will never catch on to the end, to the last second of conscious thought. They'll, they'll never catch on because it's too much to accept. That their whole version of reality that's been brainwashed into them is a big lie. And to be honest with you, too, the psychology that's used upon the general population, psychology and knowledge and sciences, which are ancient, is so per perfected in this day and age that they know exactly how to handle the public all you have to do is say it's free and we throw all our rights out the window all our privacy uh, because something's free and uh, we rush for it like facebook for instance this article is from the chicago tribune.com and i've mentioned this before that all these things are up there for free on the internet are purely for data collection not for your fun your fun is your little temporary side effect. That's all. And this is from the Associated Press writer Richard Lardner. March 16, 2010. Maxi Sopo was having so much fun living in paradise in Mexico that he posted about it on Facebook. So all his friends could follow his adventures. Others were watching too. And then they go into the fact that the, the feds were watching him and caught him eventually on bank fraud charges. Tracking Sopa through his public friends list, the prosecutor found his address and had the Mexican authorities arrest him. Instead of sipping pina coladas, or pina coladas, Sopa was waiting extradition to the U.S. Sopa learned the hard way the feds are on Facebook and MySpace and 
LinkedIn and Twitter too. Everything they've given you is part of the military-industrial complex. They put real companies out there, they register them, but they're run and funded by the black budgets that go through the CIA. That's what they're for. Since law enforcement agents are following the rest of the internet world into popular social networking services, even going undercover with false online profiles to communicate with suspects and gather private information, according to an internal Justice Department document that surfaced in a lawsuit. The document shows that U.S. agents are logging on surreptitiously to exchange messages with suspects, identify a target's friends or relatives, and browse private information such as postings, personal photographs, and video clips. And then they go on and on and on. But in in reality, too, they're also creating sting operations. Uh, All the things that you think of as crime is mainly run by higher police bureaus setting up sting operations to, to attract people in there, get them to say something, maybe even do something, and then they arrest them. It's, it's a kind of make-work project, you might say, for the cops that are put on these boards. But the real job is a way above those cops, it's to, and a way above the, even the, the, the FBI and so on. The real information is gathered by the Pentagon on every single one of us. We must be perfectly predictable to live in a totalitarian society for world peace, you understand. That's the excuse they always give. Now, years ago I mentioned on the radio that you'd find that um, eventually you'd have an, an army, a military army, that would police us for for the environment and so on. I'm talking about militarized force not just little greenies with their little swastika outfits on, but um, the, the real the real stuff. Guys who've been in the military, an actual separate military organization in uniform and armed and all the rest of it. This article here, uh, and I'll put this up on, as I say, my website at the end of the show, all these links that I, I talk about. Veterans Green Corps crew member says this is an ad put out by the Green Corps crew members. This is a a government ad. Conservation program job job description. And it goes on there. It says the title is a Veterans Conservation Crew uh, Corps member. Position type full-time, temporary, lasting up to 11 weeks. Location based out of Durango or Salida. Crew members will work in Southern Colorado and the Four Corners region. Because some of it is pay and all the rest of it and food deducted from their wages and so on. The benefits are uniform, food training, workers' compensation, coverage, travel, and an AmeriCorps education award to qualifying individuals. Applicants must have served in the U.S. Armed Forces and have a DD-214. It is the mission of the Southwest Conservation Corps to empower individuals to positively impact their lives, their communities, and the environment. Veterans Green Jobs Mission is to provide uh, provide exemplary green jobs education and career development opportunities for military veterans, empowering and supporting them to lead America's transition to energy independence, ecological restoration, community renewal, and economic prosperity. Now, why would you need the military? Guys who've been in the military to come in and fill these positions. And I'll leave you to think for that for yourself. If you're someone that really needs uh, the mainstream media to tell you why, then they'll take you off in a spin forever and good luck to you.
if you can't use your own brain that far. You're gone. <laughs> You're gone. Now, it's an article here too. I'll put this one up as well. And it says, Obama sees extended period of unemployment. Now, Obama is just really a continuation of the Bush regime. There are no differences here. They're doing the same foreign policies across the world. Um, the only thing they've reintroduced is the, the, the mandatory health care, which is really a health authority, because authorities are much more beneficial to the elite than giving you care. They can then tell you what to do, how many injections to get, and all the rest of it. And it says here, uh, this is from, um, published in the Agenda Economy, it's called, on the 3rd of the 17th of March. U.S. employers won't hire enough workers this year to lower the jobless rate much below the level of 9.7% reached in February, three Obama administration economics officials said today. The proportion of Americans who can't find work is likely to remain elevated for an extended period. Well, I, I can tell you this now. It's going to be an extended period forever because this is a new world order. Folks, I am Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, reading an article from the Agenda Economy. I'll just dash back for a minute to, to the Facebook thing. I'll put another link up as well to show you from their own site that they're selling off your information in bulk, bulk purchases to people and corporations and agencies and so on. Back to this article, Agenda Economy, about the American uh, employment or unemployment proportion of Americans who can't find work is likely to remain elevated for an extended period, Treasury Secretary Timothy F. Geithner said in the White House budget, and the budget director Peter Orzag and Christina Romer, chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, said in a joint statement, the officials said unemployment may even rise slightly over the next few months as discouraged workers start job hunting again. Now, there's no way they're going to bring back employment into the U.S. The factories have all gone. The factories employed an awful lot of people, and the spin-offs from the factories and the suppliers also employed an awful lot of people. And they knew back when they signed the GATT Treaty, the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs, that, that they were going to move all the industry out of the U.S. and Canada and parts of Europe over to China back then. They knew what the outcome would be. Don't kid yourself that, that only now they're going through a, a sudden economic depression because people are dropping the dollar. They knew that would happen back then. There are no surprises at the top for the top boys. But it must always be presented to us uh, as a surprise, basically. Who would have thought? Eh? Who would have thunk, as they say? There's nothing done by chance in the system. And they won't be bringing the jobs back either. But I'll put that link up as well for you to peruse for yourself. Now, everyone's heard about Bernays, who was given the task of creating the Consumer Society for the U.S. and the Western world. He worked with presidents as well of the United States on very high-level operations. He even got a little war started in a South American country because one of his corporations that paid him money for advertising and marketing um, 
had restraints going on, so he called them communists. He got the U.S. government to go in and with the military and take over the, the little country so that his fruit corporation that he worked for or got money for for marketing would get back on track with no labor problems. Uh, quite the character, uh, well-funded, well-versed in the whole art of um, manipulation of the mass, the masses as they call it. But you see, it's gone a lot further since then. This whole idea of the mind and how it works in mass psychology. They use neuroscience now. They call it neuroscience. Neuroscience is also linked with eugenics because they do believe in superior and inferior types and all that kind of stuff. But he's an article on neuroframing. You see, if they can't spin something off to the public and get us all part about it uh, in the same voice at the same time and all believe what we're told, they've got to lie better. You see, use techniques of getting it through your mind without you really thinking about it or using critical analytical processes to think about it so you'll come to the correct conclusion. They present it to you through neuroframing. And this article is about neuroframing. As I say, all these articles I put up on my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, at the end of the show when ExploreNet blesses me with the ability up to upload at uh, the so-called uh, double dial-up high speed. March 16, 2010. And it says here, Last week, the Garrison Institute, a retreat center just a few miles down the Hudson River, from my home, hosted an impressive symposium on climate, mind, and behavior. An organizer made the mistake of inviting me to the meeting's wrap-up session on Friday. As a brochure put it, the symposium brought together 75 thought leaders, leaders in thinking, thoughts, and how you think, and practitioners from the fields of neuro, behavioral, and evolutionary economics, psychology, policy, investing, and social media to explore how to integrate emerging knowledge on the key drivers See, they're using computer terminology on your drivers for you. Key drivers of behavior into solutions for solving the world's most pressing problem. Climate change. Well, if climate change is happening, why would they have to convince us through devious techniques? Basically, this was a brainstorming session on how to market solutions to global warming more effectively. Now, last week I read an article from the Council on Foreign Relations who put out a big... Uh, mandate to all the reporters for the IPCC at the United Nations and all those reporting on global warming on how to report. Well, you see, this is the, the more advanced type that they come up with at this brainstorming session. It says, the emphasis on packaging reminded me of the controversial proposal by journalist Chris Mooney and communication professor Matt Nisbet of American University that scientists need to become more adept at framing issues such as global warming to win the debate. The Garrison meeting explored whether neuroscience and other fields that probe the psychological underpinnings of human belief and behavior can help environmentalists frame issues more persuasively. Let's call it neuroframing. John Gowdy, an economist at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute noted that neuroeconomics is challenging the conventional economics view of humans as utility maximizers, that's what you are, you see, who make choices based on self-interest and reason. MRI scans show that we assess risks and rewards with brain regions that underpin fear, suspicion, empathy, and other emotions. Gaudi explained, and we make choices very differently depending on how they are framed. 
The psychiatrist Daniel Siegel of UCLA proposed that we all process two innate brain-based maps for responding to the world. One is a me map that underpins our obsession with our own interests, but we also have a we map. And that's the music coming in. I'll go back to the we map after this break. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, reading an article about neuroframing. It's really how to build consensus amongst the public, the general public by using psychological, intense psychological techniques, but also an, uh, to teach uh, those who are going to brainwash us through the media on how to report things so we'll all come to the same conclusions and opinions on things. That's what it's about, and it's from scientificamerican.com. This, this uh, reporter goes on to talk about uh, how it's happening. It says, um, how, uh, it says, MRI scans show that we access risk and reward the brain regions that underpin fear, suspicion, empathy, and other emotions. Gaudi explained, and we make choices very differently depending on how they're framed. The psychiatrist Daniel Siegel, if you silly, proposed that we all process two innate brain-based maps. Now, one is a me map. That's when your ego syntonic, you've been taught that the world revolves around you, basically, and, and egocentric. It says, the me map that underpins our obsession with our own interests, but we also have a we map. And by the way, the me map, who you are is not who you really are. It's who they've given you to be. It's like giving you the choice of ten different um, sets of clothing to wear. You take your pick, and that becomes you. That's how most folk are today. And that's acceptable. Even the rebels are given their outfits or uniforms to wear, hats, backward, baggy pants, or whatever. They're given it. So it all comes from the top, not from the bottom. Then we have a we map corresponding to our concern for others. Well, that's the politicians out of the picture there. The implications of these presentations were spelled out over lunch with, for me and other journalists, including Scientific America's David Biello, by Jonathan Rose, founder of the Garrison Institute and the meeting's chief sponsor and organizer. Environmentalists must frame issues to appeal to people's we maps, asserted Rose, a green New York real estate mogul. I share the belief that of Rose and others at the symposium that global warming is bad, so they believe that they're all on board with it, and we should do something about it. But I've always disliked framing as a strategy for influencing the global warming debate. Framing is just spinning, and neuroframing is spinning plus brain scans. First of all, we don't need MRI studies to tell us we're emotional, complicated creatures. Moreover, people already view environmentalists as self-righteous and manipulative. They're also liars. This is a framing problem that neuroframing may exacerbate. The message is that environmentalists will go to extraordinary lengths, seeking guidance from cutting-edge brain science to help the dim-witted public see the world in the same enlightened way that environmentalists do. Not all global warming skeptics are ignorant, irrational idiots. I teach at an engineering school, and about one-third of my students identify themselves as global warming skeptics. They tend to know more about global warming than students who accept it as a fact. 
Two sources at the Science Times section of the New York Times have told me that a majority of this section's editorial staff doubts that human-induced global warming represents a serious threat to humanity. So this actually is only one of many um, techniques put out by the Council on Foreign Relations. They had it on their own website, and then the UN followed suit at the IPCC that they're now giving teaching lessons to, to journalists on how to report it so that we'll all believe them much better. You see, we must all come to this consensus. Consensus building is what they call it. And there's, there's ways of teaching. Children are brainwashed all the time. I can remember even at school when we got videos to watch. And when it came to animals or wildlife or whatever, they put in this heavy music with a voiceover, generally of a woman with a, with a, with a deeper voice, uh, and, and she would talk hypnotically. Well, why do you need that to happen with the visual and music to back it up with the ominous sounds? This is, these are psychological techniques that are used to brainwash us to bring us to the intended conclusion of the Master's. You see, truth can be presented as truth. You don't have to brainwash someone into a particular pre-designed opinion. And we've all been brainwashed from school. The trick is to shake it off later on. Now, this international socialist uh, system we're going into, this collectivist system, is to suit the masters, of course. Everything always is to suit the masters. And really, we're here as servants of the masters. That's what they really believe at the top. We always have been, really, slaves in one form or another. Today, we're called wage slaves, you see. But we also supply manpower for wars and so that the big boys can have more conquests and plunder more countries and private corporations, which they own, take over all the rights from of minerals and gold and oil and all the rest of it. It's always been like that. Democracy was a sham to keep us all happy and stupid while we paid higher taxes than ever before, worked hard, thinking it was going to be for ourselves, for a good future, and our children's, only to have it all taken away from us because they signed the GATT Treaty, NAFTA, and a whole bunch of other treaties at the United Nations. And that's what they're doing right now, is taking it all away from you. They don't need us all anymore. There's too many of us. They've taken away the industry. We're not really much good to them except to supply manpower for military. And that will soon be over too once they finish with Iran and then go into Syria because that's the agenda. Now, here's an article to show you how they're stepping up the health authority. Remember, this all started with health authorities. Lenin said himself they would start off with health services in the West. They would eventually become accepted authorities with power, legal power, and force over the public to comply. And this is what was in store for the rest of the world because Britain is a flagship for all these experiments. This is from the Mail Online, March the 16th, 2010. Warning, your child is unfit. Parents of people who fail school fitness tests are to get letters from the health police. This is the mainstream media. Parents of children deemed unfit to be sent warning letters from schools. Secondary pupils will be forced to take an annual fitness test. If they fail, their parents will be told they're at risk of heart disease, brittle bones, and obesity. Now, they already have that happening. I've read articles where mothers are really complaining because their child is one pound overweight, according to the authorities' scales, you see, and their charts. We're all supposed to have the same frames and body builds, apparently, in the standard diet system. So they're already using this. It says the scheme was outlined yesterday by the government's chief medical officer, Sir Liam Donaldson. He warned that lack of exercise is placing a greater burden on the economy than smoking. 
costing $8.3 billion a year. That's nothing, according to their wars and all the rest of it, is it? Nothing at all. Uh, compared with the £5.2 billion. Pounds. But the initiative was criticised by campaigners as yet another example of the Labour's nanny state interference in family life. Well, what is Labour Party? You have to go into the Fabian Society, look at the founders, look at their charters, look at their mandates. And it was all to do with man is just an animal. Through scientific techniques, they can recreate him into the new man. The Superman, even if need be. Not, not us, but Superman for, for war. And that's where the term was first used, Superman. Not just Nietzsche, it was, it was also used by those in the Fabian societies. And the Soviets came up with the same thing, the new Sovieticus man that would be the greater Superman, retrained, uh, brainwashed in the right values from birth, including what to eat and all the rest of it, and how to serve the greater good of the greater public. That's what it's all about. That's what the Labour Party actually is. It wasn't started up by a workforce or working people. It was set up by the elite of London and financed by the elite of London. And the founding members were also the elite of London. And the Astor family, Lord Astor, put the funding money up to get it all going. And it is a part of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the guys who gave us this term democracy the sham of democracy, because they would lead the left wing and the right wing all along this long path to today, where we're now post-democratic, as they call it. They don't have to con us much anymore. We simply do what we're told because we're afraid. That's what the war of terror actually is. Fear, they find, is far more effective than trying to persuade us by neuroframing our opinions into us. Back to this article here. It says that uh, opposition party says it showed ministers' plans to improve school sport had completely failed. The proposal is expected to be piloted at a small number of schools before being extended across the country. Under the scheme, pupils will take so-called bleep exercise tests, which will see them perform a series of shuttle runs used to measure stamina and fitness. And so this is, uh, it, this is going back to just before World War II when they showed how the Nazi uh, movements had the youth all practicing in football fields and doing their, 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 their ins and outs and all the rest of it together. Then they showed you on Path News the same thing happening in Britain. This was a socialist dream. Britain was always socialist because socialism is the fastest, easiest way to collectivism to make it easier for the elite to rule you. Socialism does not like individuality. It's not about, it's about stamping out individuality. You're all working for the greater good, which means you're all working for the elites, basically. That's what it means. Now, an article here has, has come out in the papers, one of many to do with Iran. And I've mentioned before the project for the new American century with Cheney, Wolfowitz, and all those boys and Bush and, and on board with it, and Pearl and, and different ones behind the scenes as well. Uh, talks about the list they'd have to go through to get peace in the Middle East and in Asian countries. And they started off with Afghanistan was to be number one, followed by Iraq was number two. They'd have to go into Iran, number three, and then Syria. And it was done by London. It was done by the U.S. Um, uh, uh, Washington, D.C. And it was also done by uh, the state of Israel. They were all on board together, the, the, the terrible um, trio, basically. That's, they're all in bed together, working for the same purpose in the same direction. 
So this article is from the Herald Scotland. It says, Final Destination, Iran. 14th of March, 2010. Hundreds of powerful U.S. bunker buster bombs are being shipped from California to the British islands of Diego Garcia and the Indian Ocean in preparation for a possible attack on Iran. Sunday Herald can reveal that the U.S. government signed a contract in January to transport 10 ammunition containers to the island. According to a cargo manifest from the U.S. Navy, this includes 387 blue bombs, BLU bombs, used for blasting hardened or underground structures. The experts say that they're being put in place for an assault on Iran's controversial nuclear facilities. There's long been speculation that the U.S. military is preparing for such an attack should diplomacy fail to persuade Iran not to make nuclear weapons. Now, Iran signed the Non-Proliferation Treaty Act at the United Nations years ago with everyone else that signed it. And Iran's opened its doors to every inspector that's ever been in to show that they're not making nuclear weaponry. But you see, the facts don't matter anymore. It was the same with Iraq. Weapons of mass destruction, yada, yada, yada. They sent in, was it Spitzer or the guy's name, whatever his name was, from the UN about five times. We kept coming out and say there are no nuclear weapons here. But that wasn't good enough because, you see, war was the agenda, and they don't care about that. They just want the war to go on. And they'll keep lying, even though the proof is staring you in the face that nothing exists. And they do want war with Iran. They've got to destroy the Muslim world. And that really is the agenda, too. You cannot have uh, different types of cultures coexisting in a global society with to be this new mushy, mushy, wishy-washy, uh, greeny society with a new kind of culture of political correctness. That's what they're after. Where no one gets married, everyone can run around like bunnies and march, uh, but uh, you mustn't bond and you mustn't have children unless you're qualified to do so with the right kind of genes. And I'm not kidding about that. I, I, it sounds very trite, but that's a fact. Experts say that they're being put in place for an assault in Iran's controversial nuclear facilities, and then it says, although Diego Garcia is part of the British Indian Ocean Territory, it is used by the U.S. as a military base under an agreement made in 1971. The agreement led to 2,000 native islanders being forcibly evicted to the Seychelles and Mauritius. It's quite a documentary that was put out by, I don't know if it was BBC, put it out on, on uh, that particular island, Diego Garcia, because these people had been dumped there as, as indentured servants about 200 years before it, so generations had passed, but they wanted this for a military base, probably for today, by the way. That's how far ahead they plan. And they made an agreement with the U.S., so they cleared all these people out to uh, Seychelles and Mauritius and dumped them in slums. And many of them died off with heartache because they loved the island. They'd grown up with it. That, that's three or four generations. But <laughs> who's to let human emotions and a few paltry people stand in the way of uh, progress, eh? The Sunday Herald reported in 2007 that stealth bombers' hangars on the island were being equipped to take bunker buster bombs. Though the story was not confirmed at the time, the new evidence suggests that it was accurate. Contract details for the shipment to Diego Garcia were posted on an international tenders website by the U.S. Navy. A shipping company based in Florida, Superior Maritime Services, will be paid $699,500 to carry many thousands of military items from Concord, California, to Diego Garcia. Crucially, the cargo includes 195 smart guided blue 110 bombs and 192 massive 2,000-pound blue 117 bombs. They're gearing up totally for the destruction of Iran, said Dan Plesch, 
director of the Centre for International Studies and Diplomacy at the University of London. That's what they call diplomacy, by the way. Do what we say, give us your country or we'll bomb you. That's it. Co-author of a recent study on U.S. preparations for an attack on Iran. So he's involved in the preparations for this character here, Dan Plesch. Not a very pleasant guy. U.S. bombers are ready today to destroy 10,000 targets in Iran in a few hours, he added. Now, this is also a propaganda piece by the military to terrify the Iranians and cause internal uh, freaking out, basically, hoping they'll turn on their own governments and go into chaos and give us a peaceful excuse to go in with the armed troops who will then kill people. This is all psychological warfare, too. That's how things are. Otherwise, they wouldn't tell you a darn thing, especially from the guys who were involved in the setting up of the operation. They wouldn't tell you it until it was underway. Now, another interesting article I'm going to put up here uh, is, uh, is called Exploring the Status Quo Bias in the Human Brain. It ties in with neuroscience. That's what we're all run by today. If you wonder how people... Uh, from 30 years ago could be convinced to go on television now and start screaming at each other and air their dirty laundry. Uh, It was through neuroscience and techniques of neuroscience. People think that if a psychiatrist or or a psychologist or any kind of quack goes on television and gets his own show, then he must be the best in the world because they worship what's on television. And they air all their dirty laundry as though they were talking to people in the same room. That's how stupid people are today. It happens too when you've watched all these reality shows and you cannot tell fact from fiction. So this article is from March the 15th, 2010. The more difficult the decisions we face, the more likely we're not to act, according to new research by UCL scientists that examines the neural pathways involved in status quo bias in the human brain. Now, all these researches are done for the military-industrial complex, believe you me, and these universities are all paid to do it. They always have been. The study published today in the Proceedings of the Natural Academy of Sciences looked at the decision-making of participants taking part in a tennis-line judgment game where their brains were scanned using functional MRIs. You see, what the, I'll cut to the chase with this particular article. What I'm telling you is, when we have three or four crucial things happening at one time in our lives, we freeze, shut down, and we're ordered about, and we do what we're told. That's what they're testing out again to make sure it works. Back after this break. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, reading from Physorg on really this neuroscience and how we react when we're faced with major problems, especially more than one at a time. And what they've found basically is that we freeze. We tend to just don't do anything. Rather than make a decision and do something, we don't do anything. And that maintains the status quo. That's also used by governments upon us in this whole war of terror on the general public. We do nothing. We just say, oh, well, you know, bend down at the airport. Okay, you know, uh, we want to see your nude body. Okay, at the airports and x-ray you and okay, do nothing. When in doubt, do nothing. And fear is a very good thing for doing that. 
And I'll put this article up too, and you can peruse it for yourself. Uh, this is scratching the surface, of course, that the releases they give to the general public. The real high data is kept in much higher sources and never given to the general public. Now, there's Jason from Ohio there. Are you there, Jason? Hello, Jason, on the phones. Yeah, I'm here. How's yes, it going? not so bad. Um, I was just listening to you talking about how, you know, there's all these movements going on. Um, have you heard about the coffee party? No. no. Started up in here by Annabelle Park. No. no. Okay. Well, um, I was gonna. This coffee party. Um, there is. There's the tea party, and then there's the coffee party. Um, Ron Paul started off the tea party, and he started getting all these people uh, to try to take down the systems of control. And you know, you were just talking about how society always looks for the common good, the ones that are just completely blind Mm -hmm. to what's going on. Um, This coffee party states, our founding fathers and mothers gave us an enduring gift, democracy. So they're using this word democracy when we're not a democracy, and, you know, even if we are, that's Mm -hmm. just fake. And it shows in their coffee party fact check that uh, uh, they are funded by or it says, Democracy in Action is a vendor that licenses Internet technology for websites, including ours. Mm-hmm. Democracy in Action has funded, has received funding from Mr. Soros. That's George mm-hmm. Soros. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of like, it's really weird. The Tea Party's been hijacked from the neocons and the Republicans, the one partisan, uh, one, of the, one of the sides of the left-right paradigm. Mm-hmm. And... This coffee party started up from this Annabelle Park, which she is a, um, she worked for the New York Times, and she was also a videographer or an Obama operative. Mm-hmm. And they're basically pl- playing off each other. The tea party's playing yeah. off of the coffee party. Can you comment on that? Like, you know, the two different stuff. It's no surprise to me. Um, I mean, every biggie out there generally is funded by the same boys who control power. Rather than let a true grass movement start off, they think way ahead how we'll react to different things five, ten years down the road when they implement different uh, laws and rules and new ways of living. Uh, they give us the leaders for those things. Uh, and even Noam Chomsky, who's been up there for years, he was a, worked at MIT. He admitted in the latest uh, Democracy Now! interview, and that's also funded partly by the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, that um, even though it was funded completely by the Pentagon back in the 60s and 70s, and still is, by the way, um, they, they also had all the most radical dissident groups at MIT and the Pentagon couldn't care less about the left and right wing because they controlled them all, basically. So you're quite right. You're quite right. A true grassroots movement, you see, is something they don't want, so they give you the leaders before uh, one springs up themselves that they can't control. That's an old technique. Alex Jones uh, starting up a new thing. It's called the Real Coffee Party. The real coffee. I hope, I hope it's, it's not GMO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's just starting this new coffee party up to try to, you know, overthrow these two balances. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Nice Thanks for calling. For myself and Hamish in Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you.